0: this congregation in. Um, God is doing amazing things here, church. Amazing things to look forward to. And I would be remiss if I didn't start out like he starts out. And can we give a hand clap for all of our guests, guests here today? Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And as he always says, you only come once as a guest. And after that, we go ahead and claim you as family. Amen. But uh, we definitely want to keep and hold him up. I believe he is going to try and make it tonight to uh, the Christmas program. But we're going to go ahead and carry on. I believe God has a word for us. He's going to strengthen us as a body today and move in this house in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just want to start off with the scripture uh, of Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6 and 33, a well, well-known verse. It's actually my favorite Verse for many years, it's what I try to live live by. But it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. I do plan to be brief today, but I do want to preach on this thought chasing God's heart. Chasing God's heart. If we can bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We give you all the praise, all the glory today. I ask that you anoint this service, Lord. Speak to us today. Prick our hearts today, Lord Jesus, that we receive what it is that you want to say today. We trust in your presence. We thank you for your presence that's already here, Lord God. We worship you, Lord Jesus, today. Thank you, Lord. We give you thanks. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I am excited uh, for tonight's Christmas program that uh, we'll be having here. Uh, Christmas, uh, Christians have a, a, a big variety of thoughts on Christmas and how to celebrate it, but I can say one thing. We can all agree on the fact that I'm thankful, like Brother Dixon said, that God himself came down in the flesh, wrapped himself in the flesh, and lived a spotless life for us. He gave us our freedom in Jesus' name. So I know we can all agree on that, on that. And I'll tell you that tonight is going to be nothing but the reason for the season. So it's going to be a powerful, powerful play. I set through the whole practice yesterday. I'm excited to see it. There's going to be some choir singing that's going to be powerful. There's going to be a great story that goes with it. And if you haven't signed up or gotten tickets, the tickets are free. It's just given us the understanding of how many to prepare for. But please sign up at connect point, and that is at the Annex building. The Annex building is right over here. It's the other building on the property. So that's where it will be tonight, um, and we look forward to seeing you all there. Amen. Amen. So Pastor did say last night that the direction that he thought that he was going to go today uh, was where the church is going, where we're going in the next year or two. And he said, I I just felt inspired to, to bring that to the congregation and, you know, do what you will. Um, whatever you feel led to do, go ahead and do it. And I said, well, you know what? That's probably best served for you to do. That's probably a better message for you to bring. So I'll, I'll stick with what God has laid on my heart. But just be looking forward to hearing pastor's heart for where this congregation is going. And then next year, we're going to see some exciting, amazing things happening, um, starting with preparing to, to build. Amen. A new sanctuary. Amen. What we've all been talking about. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I remember the first time driving onto this property, seeing the annex building as I drove down, and I said, oh, well, that'll be ours too. And God has done that, so we know that the next step is to go ahead and provide for us to build a new sanctuary because I want to see our families and our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers in this place. Being saved, that's what it's all about. And we're packed out here the way it is, but I want to make room. And we don't have a way to make room right now, but I want to see them here. I want somebody to be praying for my family like I'm praying for, for your alls. So we want to open a place and have a place for them to come. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. But chasing God's heart. And the first person that I think about today or when God put that on, on my heart and mind was King David. And I'm reluctant to say character because I always think of fictional uh, characters when we say that. But of all the people in the Bible, David certainly is one of my favorite. He experienced so many things that we have experienced in our lives. So many things that we struggle with or have gone through in our lives. It wasn't always King David living high and mighty and having just wonderful blessings of God. There was a time he was actually overlooked when Samuel came to an a king. He wasn't there. His father didn't have him out there to be one of these people. I can certainly say that a lot of us can relate to that. Like, well, am I being overlooked? What is going on in my life to where I'm not, am I not exceeding? Am I not going somewhere in my life? Why am I being left out of this? And and when David experienced sin, a a terrible sin with Uriah and Bathsheba, crying out to God, crying out to him, saying, Lord, I've, I've messed up. A sin that a lot of us think, that's as bad as anything I've done. But to us, everything that we've done, everything that we're struggling with is just as bad as what David experienced. That's why when we read Psalms, all the Psalms, we see David going through all these emotions, praising God, worshiping God, loving God, crying out to God, saying, help me with this, help me with that. David is constantly seeking, chasing God's heart. He's constantly going after God's heart, saying, help me through this, Lord. Help me through that. He's going up against giants, facing giants. Lord, here's what's going on here. Nobody else is wanting to face this giant, but I'm going to call on your name, Jesus. I'm going to call on your name, God, and I'm going to face this giant. I don't know about the rest of these men, but I know who you are, chasing God's heart. That's getting God's attention, church. That's a way to get God's attention. That's what David's doing all throughout, chasing God's heart, calling out his name, calling out him for help. Asking him for help. And I look at, at us as a society today, and I think, what, what, what are we chasing today? That's the question I want to pose to you right now is, what are you chasing in your life today? And I know exactly what I was going to speak about. It was a giveaway with the title. It was a giveaway with the scripture. But even saying that's, that word, those words and posing that question to myself right now makes me wonder. What are the things, what are some of the things that I'm chasing? Is it God first? Am I seeking God first? Am I seeking his righteousness first? Or am I seeking some other kind of, I don't know, something something else that's going to exceed me as a person, that's going to help me to to gain some ground, to do whatever it is that is in my mind or wherever I want to go. What is it that I want to succeed at? What is it that I see in my life that I need? What am I focused on today? What am I focused on tomorrow morning when I wake up? Am I waking up saying, Jesus, I need you today? Am I waking up the first thing, I want your kingdom and your righteousness today? Or am I saying, I've got to go to work today and I've got to get this promotion. I've got to get this promotion. I've got to exceed. I've got to get this raise. I've got to pay this. I've got to do that. I've got to save this much up. What is it that I'm focused on in the morning when I should be thinking, God, help me today help me today. See, I think of of David and, and so many of these great people in the Bible, and we think, well, how did they have this wonderful relationship with God? How did they hear his voice so clearly? How did they write these books in the Bible and understand exactly who God was? Well, David, as so many of them were, were shepherds. And I can imagine out in a field at night or during the day, whatever it may be, you can definitely hear God's voice. He didn't have the distraction of the cell phones. He didn't have the distraction of emails or work meetings or whatever it was. He had God. He had the Lord. But I'll say this today, we can have the same thing. If the word says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means we can have that today too, church. Amen? Can we have that today? Hallelujah. It just takes our part. It takes our doing to put these things down. And saying, Lord, I'm going to put that up for a little while. I'm going to go into this prayer closet. And I'm going to find you. I don't know about all these distractions. I don't know about everything that's coming my way. But I'm going to find you today. Because I need you today. And that's not just when things get tough. That's not just when I'm struggling. That's not just when I'm having a hard way to go. And I don't know what tomorrow holds or what next week holds. That's every day. I need you, Jesus. Because I can tell you, I found, and just like David found, that he has never seen the righteous forsaken, amen? That's one of the things David saw at the end of his life after all the trials, all the tribulations, all the praises, all the dances that he gave to God. He said, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. So I'm going to tell you today, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you don't know the answer is, it's okay if you're not where David was. It's all right if you're not in prayer with God every day. But if you're righteous, if you're seeking God first, if you're seeking his righteousness first, the word says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. So if I'm seeking his righteousness, I can tell you that you won't be forsaken. Thank you, Jesus. That's what our God is. Good all the time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But that's up to us. We have to make that, that sacrifice. We have, to, we have to seek him out. Because there's too many distractions that we're facing each day, church. There's too many things that we have coming against us. I was listening the other day briefly, I don't know, uh, to Rick Warren. And he said something like, there's three voices in your head basically each day. God's, the enemies, and yourself. God is the truth. God is going to be the truth. The enemy is definitely going to be a lie. You can count on that. And I think he made some joke about your own thoughts or probably some crazy thoughts. Something that's, well, don't do that either. So... We have to understand and recognize that lie when it comes our way. When the lie is coming your way and saying, you know what, David, you weren't picked to line up with your brothers. You weren't picked to be one of them to be chosen for king. But God sees you out in that shepherd's field. God sees you out on the backside of that desert, Moses. God sees you in your struggles and what you're going through, and he's going to pick you up, and he'll raise you out of that. He'll raise you up, and he'll elevate you, amen? Because I don't want to elevate myself. I know where I can take myself. I know the troubles that I can get myself into. But I know where God will take me. I know where he'll take me. So let's seek him, church. Let's look for him to lead us, to guide us, to direct us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I just think of ourselves and the, and the, and the troubles and the things that we get ourselves into. I, I remember there was a time where I was desperately wanting a, a, a certain job. And it just, I shared this with Brother Davenport recently, but I was desperately wanting this job. My family was praying for me, and I was praying, seeking God. Wasn't even in a church and actually serving God at the time the way that that I should be. It was the way that I thought that I could at the time, but I was seeking him. And, you know, God still answers prayers. He still answers prayers. He gave me trials. He gave me blessings to call me back, to call me back. But I was seeking him for this job. It finally, it opened up and, and, I, and I got the job. It was what I thought, this is what I need. This is what I need now to succeed. This is what I need now to get me to where I want to go. And just like everything else, when we, when we find ourselves seeking our own things and seeking what we want, after about three years, another opportunity arose and it was like, well, it sounds like a big risk, but the reward could be tremendous. And I had forgotten that God gave me the job that I was at. God opened up the door for the job that I was at, and I simply just walked away. And walked into this other opportunity that I thought would be, would be a great opportunity It turned out to be one of the worst decisions of my life and took years to recover from that. But when I gave my life back to God, that's when things started to happen. That's when he started to rebuild and put those things back together. But the point is, I made a decision to seek myself, to seek what I thought that I needed, what I thought that I wanted. And it led to a a, a road that was very tough and took a long time to recover from. And I just see ourselves just constantly trudging along, our heads down. And we're just grinding away, and we're thinking about getting to this spot, getting to this moment, getting to this need, getting to this desire. I'm thinking about this constantly. Every day is consuming my thoughts. I've got to get this. I've got to get my retirement to this point, my savings account to this point, my job to this point, my career to this point, whatever it is, my family. I want things to be my way, and our head is down. And we're just moving along, just thinking about it, consuming our thoughts. Letting it consume us. And then we finally get there. We finally get to what we feel like we needed. Heads down and we get there and we cross that finish line. And we get there and by the time we look up, there's a new finish line. There's another finish line just ahead. I got to get there. I got to get there. All the while, God is saying, just seek me first. Just put me first. You don't have to worry about those finish lines. I'm going to make the way for you. I know what you his timing is right. I know what's best for you. I'll get you to the finish line. You don't even need to worry. There is no finish line. The only finish line is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. That's the only finish line I need to be concerned about. That's the only finish line I want to think about. Every day, if that's my thought, if that's what I'm thinking, if that's my finish line, I can assure you that God is going to bless. God is going to increase. God is going to take me where I want to be. God is going to, he knows better. His ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, and his knowledge is higher. So what I think may be the way, what I think may be the truth, and what I think may be the life is a lie. That's when Satan's saying, no, this is, you need this. You need that. But God is saying, no, that door is shut right now. It's shut for a reason, church. So if you're trying to push open a door today, hold off. Let God open that door for you. Let God open that door for you. Amen. You can give it a push, see what happens. But if it's hard to open, if it's resistant, let it go for a while. Rest in the Lord. Let him let him concern you. Let him, put it on him. Put it on him. Hallelujah. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's all I need today. I don't need to be consumed with the things of this world. I don't need to be consumed with what my neighbors and my coworkers and my family members that aren't serving God. And people that are in my life that aren't serving God. If they're not seeking him, then I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about that stuff. I don't want to get caught up in the politics. I don't want to get caught up in what a celebrity's saying. I don't want to get caught up in lo- what society is saying or pop culture is saying. I want to know what this book says. Yes, Hallelujah. And that's what I'm going to follow. That's what I'm going to seek first. Because I know where that's going to take me. I know the path that he has for me. I know the path that he asked for me. Can anybody relate to a path that you went on on your own? Is there anybody today? You don't have to raise your hand because I can pretty much say that every single person here has gone down one of their own paths. And if you haven't, God bless you because it's usually a rough road. But if I just follow him, chasing God, chasing God, seeking you first, Lord, I need you today. Lord. I need you this morning when I wake up. I need you to face this week. I need you to face tomorrow. God, bless my wife. Bless my daughter. I need you today. Thank you, Jesus. I can, as, a, as now being a parent, I can think back to my parents and, man, are they right about most things. <laughs> I, I think of London and, and I am—I am definitely the the sucker. Liz is a little bit tougher than I am. Um, I will admit, whatever. I I just go ahead and say okay, but generally, I have to say though this is not this is not good for you. Running out into the middle of of the the parking lot is not good for you, and, and she hasn't learned that yet. And a lot of us, depending on our our growth and where we are with God. There's a lot of things we don't know yet. Dare I say, none of us here have has it all figured out. But I'm seeking him, and I'm going to say, Lord, you show me. I want to take your hand. London, take my hand, because I'm going to protect you. I'm going to look over you, and I'm going to watch for you. And, and she's got it down. She, she's got it down, uh, a sweet tooth. I don't know where that came from that she has. And I try to say, that may not be the best thing for you before breakfast, but... She's got it down. One jelly bean and one sucker. That's what she says. Daddy, can I have one jelly bean and one sucker? She knows to go for both. So, and and from me, she generally gets them both. Um, from Liz, it's it's something else first. Let's get something else in your stomach. But she knows the the I want both one of the, one of those two things each. And, and, and I give in. But I know, hey, that's not good for you. She has no idea. She doesn't know that, that, that that's not going to make her feel well, that she actually needs a good nutritious meal, something good to eat first. And there's so many things that we are doing in our lives. So many things that we are doing each and every day in our lives, saying, well, I, I want to go this way. And, and it's just the way that I want to go, Lord. But God's saying, haven't you learned yet? Haven't you learned yet? And I feel like saying that sometimes to London. Haven't you learned yet? But she doesn't get it. She knows what she wants, and that's what she, she's going after. And that's what we do. I, I, I see this, and this is what I want. This is what, is what is consuming me and what I feel like that I need to do. So please, you know, just help me. I'm just going to go my way. And, Lord, just let me, let me go ahead and do this for a little bit. Let me go ahead and and, and take my stroll and, and my walk and And I've got this. I've got this part right. Meanwhile, forgetting the times that he has carried us through, the dark times, the times that he has answered those prayers, the times that we've been up in the middle of the night saying, I don't know another way. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I can even get up and face this day in the morning. But God is saying, I have got you. I've got you in my hands. I've got you right here in the palm of my hands. And we wake up and we get through that day. We get through that week and we look back and say, Thank you, Jesus. You had it the whole way. You had it the whole time. But it's easy for us to say, you know, I, I, I've got this. I've got this. And I, and I forget, Lord. I, I forget. Let me do it my way this time. We need him, church. We need him every day in, in, in every way. And I, and I look at David and I see, you know, some of the other things that he did so much. Such an example for us. Such an example for us to chase God's heart. If you want to seek God, if you want to chase and get God's attentions, slay some giants in your life. Slay some giants in your life. Because I can tell you when he came up there on that battlefield and saw his brothers and all these other mighty men of valor, Israel's best, most powerful soldiers, backing down and listening to these threats from Goliath. And David says, what are you guys doing? How are you taking this from this man how are you taking this that's not this is our God this is the God of Israel this is the mighty God Jehovah we've got him on our side that's who we have on our side church the mighty God Jehovah in Jesus name you can face some giants in your life and I can tell you this if you face a giant you're going to find the next giant easier to kill you're going to find your children are not facing those giants and as scared as you were facing that first giant. Those generational curses that go on and on and on, your children are going to have an easier battle than we are. How do I know that? I'm going to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5 through 8. I don't know if they can pull it up, but I'm going to show you. This is after David had killed Goliath. And it says in in verse 5, And there was war again with the Philistines. And uh, Elhanan, the son of Jai, slew Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, whose spear staff was like a weaver's beam. And yet again, there was war with Gath, where was a man of great stature, whose fingers and toes were four and twenty, Six on each hand and six on each foot, and he also was the son of of the giant. But when he defiled Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, slew him. These were born unto the giant in Gath, and they fell by the land of David and by the hand of his servants. That doesn't seem like the first story I read where David kills Goliath. That seems almost just like it was kind of just an everyday thing. We're facing giants now, but we can take them on and we can kill them because that giant has already been killed. So I want to do that. Seeing my daughter up here today was one of the most amazing things in my life. And seeing her the other day in her preschool program, I want to do that for my daughter. I don't know about you, but I, I will face some giants for my family I will face some giants so that my daughter doesn't struggle with the way that I did with some things. I want to take on some giants in this life, and I want to get God's attention. I'm going to say, I will stand up to him calling on your name. I know it's not my strength, Lord. I know it's yours. I know it's yours, God, and I can stand up to this, and I can see my family facing these giants and these struggles and these trials better than I first faced them. So if you want to do something for your family, if you want to do something and get God's attention, go up against some of those giants today that you're struggling with. Don't just turn away from them. Don't be like David's brothers or these other soldiers that said, I, I don't think I can go down there and, and face this. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a challenge that I, that I want to face. Oh, I know, God. I, I know you've been there for me before. I, I know that I've been able to count on you before. But this giant just seems a little bit big. I'm not sure that I can handle this fight today. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We need to be better than that. We need to be stronger than that. We need to be like David in that situation and say, you know what? I'm going to face this giant today, and I'm going to see my family get better. I'm going to see my family overcome these things and my daughter not face these things. Thank you, Jesus. David, thank you, David, for showing us that way. Thank you for the praises that you showed us in the book of Psalms. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And and, and another thing that that God put on my heart is so many of us, so all all too many of us, church, have come in to find God, receive God, get pulled out of this this miry clay, out of this life that, that so many of us get stuck in these ruts, sin, whatever it may be, come in, and we find that first love that true love. And we're full of this joy, full of all this excitement, and just serving God, loving God, hearing from God, just worshiping him every day. The joy, just like in a a new relationship, that same joy. And then something happens. I don't know when down the road, what happens to too many people, but you see that joy leave. You You see that disappear. All the while, God is saying, I'm your first love. Don't walk away from that. Don't, don't leave that. I've got everything that you need. Do you remember that I have everything that you need? Everything that you found, all that joy, all that excitement that you felt when you first came to me, when I first pulled you out of the miry clay. I still have that. I'm still your God. Why, why have you gotten caught up into your own ways, into your own walks, and into your own trials, and now you're run down? And we come to church, and we sit in a pew seat, But we don't we don't approach an altar. We don't lay hands on anybody else. We just come in as we're going through the motions. This is just what I'm gonna do every Sunday. I can tell you that the enemy is fine with us doing that. He's completely fine with us doing that. Just like he is fine with somebody sitting on a bar stool. Okay, go ahead. But he's completely fine with us being dead. No works, not seeking God not not helping the church, not helping the body move forward. That's what we're called to do, church. God is saying, you know what? You're going to go through some things in this life. That's okay because I still care, but I'm going to let you go through these things, Job. I'm going to let you struggle with some, some things because what, I, what I've done is I've gone to prepare a place for you. I've gone to prepare an eternity for you. So if you can handle this light temporal affliction, I've got something for you. So we have to remember that and not say, well, you know, 5 years ago, I can't believe how on fire I was serving God. How on fire I was to get to church every time the doors were open. Every time I could just seek God, just the radio, everything at work. I remember when I first got back into to serving and living for God, I you couldn't it, it was so I couldn't contain it. It's all I wanted. I remember at work, I was at a, at a job where I sat in a cubicle, amen. And, and, but I could hear, have earbuds in for, for a lot of the day. And I would have praise and worship on. Just, every, just constantly going through Pandora or whatever it was, playing this song, playing that song, worshiping God, just in love with him, hearing everything that he said, just worship him and praising him and saying, Lord, I love you. And then I would stand up and look around like, how does no one else feel this? Because I feel like jumping out of my skin right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what that first love is. I don't want to leave that first love. God's going to bring some amazing things into our life. But it's just like a marriage at first. That first love when the excitement's there. And over years and years, you start to grow. That wanes a little bit, that excitement. But you grow a deeper relationship with God you have a much deeper relationship with God. I want to chase that. I want to chase God's heart. I want to chase him. I remember when I first started dating my wife, one of the, the first time I asked her out, she said, well, I, I'm pretty busy all the time. <laughs> and I said, oh, all right, I don't know what that means, but generally it means you're probably not interested. So now, now when, I, when I joke about that, she says, well, I had to make you work for it. And I said, whew, well, you did that almost to a point where I was like, is she really busy all the time or just saying that? But that's not our God, church. That's not our God. He's not too busy. He's ready. He's willing and able. And when we get through that first level, when we get through that excitement phase, say, Lord, take me deeper because i love my wife more today than i did at that time when i was falling in love with her i know her a lot better she knows me a lot better we've been through some things that's made this relationship a lot deeper that's what i want from god so don't when you lose that excitement don't turn away from your first love don't get a divorce don't walk away and say well this looks better to me now that's what the world does That's what the world teaches us to do. I don't want to do that. I want to say, Lord, take me deeper. You're teaching me something new. And I know when I get through this, I'm going to understand you better. I'm going to know you better. I'm going to love you better. I'm going to understand more about your nature and what you're doing. And it's about your kingdom. It's about your righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. And in Jeremiah 2, verse 2, we can see... Uh, an example of, of God in this. And he says, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in the land, in a land that was not sown. Uh, that, that scripture fascinated me when I came across it because God is, we look at the the children of Israel when they came out of of Egypt and they were in the wilderness and they were complaining and belly aching to Moses. We look at it as as they were, you know, not happy. Maybe their relationship with God wasn't that great, but that, God says, you you went after me. You were chasing after me. The pillar of The pillar of fire and the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. You were chasing after me at that time. That's what you were doing when you were young, when you were first finding me, when you were coming after me. And that's where so many of us found ourselves at one time in our walk with God. And God is saying, there was a time when you came after me. There was a time when you did chase after my heart. And when, when I was there for you and, and when you were following me and giving me everything that you have and everything that you are, you were coming after me. And I was there and I was providing for you. I was taking you to a place. So we, we look at that and think about that as, as a bad time. But God is saying, no, I saw you coming after me. I saw you trusting and giving your life to me and seeking after me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I do want to come to a close here in a minute if the musicians will, will, will make their way. And, and, and I want to close with something that I talked about actually a few Wednesday nights ago if you were here. And, and, and it's just who God is to us. It's how much he actually cares about us. It's what he did for us. Because if he can come down and live this spotless life that we're celebrating this week, then how much more can I give to him? And, and, and I just want to tell the story of uh, of my my daughter. And again, some of you might heard it a few weeks ago. But I took home my childhood Bible uh, a while back that uh, my family kept for me. And she was just upstairs, and we were kind of looking through it. And she's you know she looks now today at videos and things like that. So these old old school graphics weren't that appealing to her. So she's thumbing through fast, just kind of looking at everything, thinking, okay, that's, that's neat. And I'm saying, well, look at David and Goliath. How cool is that? Or, 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 or look at Samuel. Or, or look at Elijah calling down fire from heaven. No, just thumbing through. But there was one page. There was one spot that she stopped at, and that was Jesus on the cross. And she just stayed there. And I, and I find, would, would kind of turn it, and she kept going back, saying, go back to that. And she's like, Daddy, what are they doing? What are they doing to him? Why why are they taking his clothes off? Why is he cut and bleeding? Why does he have holes in his hands and in his feet? Why are they hurting him? Why are they doing that? London, Jesus did that for us. And we would go on for a few minutes and I would try to turn. She'd turn it back. Focused on that one page, I don't know. Out of the eyes of our babes, out of the eyes of our children, something stood out to her and she said, that's something that, that I want. That's something that I see that, that just stands out to me. And that's what I think of us today. And I think, how hard is it for me to, to give you a little bit more, Lord? We're focused on so many things. Meanwhile, he came here and lived this spotless life and hung on a cross. I, I believe that we can, we can give him more than what we're given. Yes. Can we stand for, for a few minutes? And I, I'm just going to open up the altar because I know we're already thinking about where we're going. It's, it's early. I know we're already thinking about what the day holds and what I want to do. But I'm just going to ask for a few minutes. Maybe we can seek him for a few minutes. Maybe we can say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to carve out a few minutes and try and renew this relationship with you this morning because maybe I have gotten caught up into what I'm needing or what I'm wanting. Maybe we can take a few minutes to renew that relationship or just seek him and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give this to you, this thing that's on my mind and on my heart today because I'm chasing it in my way. So I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask you to, to come forward and, and seek him with me for a few minutes and say, all right, Lord, I, I, I've been doing it my way for a while, but I'm going to come and I, I'm going to say, let me do it your way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you today, Jesus. I need you today, Lord God. I've been seeking my own way, Lord God, but I need you today, Jesus. I need you, Lord God, to take my my hands, Lord God, in Jesus' name. I need you to make the way today, Lord God, because I've been doing it my way for too long. Take my hand, Jesus. Lead me and guide me, Lord God, where you want to take me today, Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to come forward and seek him about something. Somebody needs to come forward and renew it, a relationship that has grown stale. Somebody that a long time ago found him to be faithful and has lost their way. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray for you today. Jesus, hallelujah, I need you lost without you. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to come forward. God is calling somebody forward. God is calling somebody forward that needs a restoration, that needs to renew that relationship. God is calling somebody forward. Hallelujah. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss what God's doing in your heart right now. Jesus' name. Hallelujah.